0: teaching and lesson again talking about my pastor's uh, wife uh, and the impact that she had on my life and sunday school and the lesson that she taught us one of her number one stories that she taught like i said for over a year almost was on the story of joseph one of her favorite things was uh, when we return blessings for evil we heap the Bible says coals of fire on our enemy's head people that uh, attack and you know things the enemy attacks and we bless our enemies is what Jesus taught us to do he said when we do good to those that despitefully use us it's heaps coals of fire and that story that was so imprinted into my heart into my life this morning again. Uh, here today, as we have dealt with you concerning Joseph and forgiving and bitterness. Uh, what a powerful story. But in getting in that, the Lord dealt with me concerning the scripture where the Bible said they mocked him, made fun of him because of his dreams and because he was a dreamer. And then begin to look throughout the Bible concerning the dreams, and the, we have an entire book in the Bible that is called Revelation, Amen. Jacob when he saw the angels ascending and descending and so I began to talk and deal with you concerning that and the enemy desires for us to be offended to become bitter and uh, hurt the Bible said would plague the last days offense. The way the deception of the enemy is going to set up and i've taught you this is from matthew teaches us that one of the things how the enemy is going to set it up is it's going to be a plague of offense and because of offense and being offended and hurt we're going to seek affirmation love and because of that acceptance because of that we're going to take off our radar Truth. We don't desire truth. We just want to be loved. We don't desire. And so truth is going to be turned into acceptance. If you accept me, then you know that's that's what our truth is. And so our radar is no longer the truth of God's word, it's how do I feel? How do they make me feel? And so it was going to plague, and because of that, deception. We're not going to be seeking truth. We're going to be seeking all of that. The enemy's going to be able to set up. When you look at Matthew, when Jesus describes the last days, that's one of the main things that plagues us. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Offense. Because the love of many shall wax cold. Many, many shall be offended. And so the Lord so burdened me to deal with that this year concerning that loving like you've never been hurt. I've not got to read any of that, but after the Lord dealt with me, I I I I go to all my resources that I have, and I can get my hands on to study concerning offense and bitterness, the bait of Satan from John Bevere, one of my favorite writers of today, because he uses Scripture, and about every page is full of Scripture when his teaching. <clears throat> but te- teaching on the subject of offense. And he's got a, uh, in that chapter, one of the chapters, he says talks about spiritual vagabonds. And in that chapter, he deals with how that we become spiritual vagabonds and people are spiritual vagabonds. That vagabond means I'm just a wanderer. I have nowhere to plant my feet and uh, offense and bitterness. Hurt is something we all face and experience. And I'm going to say this. i want to say this very slowly when I say what I'm going to say to you right now in this. I've been dealing with Joseph because Joseph's life is an intentional hurt. He was intentionally wounded, intentionally hurt, he was intentionally done wrong, betrayed. And when that happens in your life, it's very important. I want you to hear women say, when you're hurt, the decisions you make are vital. Because you want to respond from the hurt. Your, your, your wisdom is clouded and so i was beginning to teach you the other day concerning cora cora and the you wouldn't catch this but when you get to like numbers three and on into numbers when cora the bible talks about that horrific story one pastor said it's an ugly chapter it's one of the ugly chapters of the bible it's the chapter where 250 princes were killed it was the chapter where the Bible says the, the earth opened up and swallowed them. And then they still complained and said, Moses, you've killed these people. And Moses didn't do anything. He it was the hand of the Lord, but they were, so decept- they were so deceived. And then the Bible begins to teach it. I, talk, I said this the, the other day when I was talking to you concerning that. It's why it's so vital when you're hurt, the decision you make. Because in Numbers chapter 3 is where it takes place. Korah should have been, according to the genealogy, the one that was in the house of the Lord over a certain section. It was his family. It was was supposed to be given to him, but it was not. We don't know why it wasn't given to him. We don't know why he was overlooked. We don't know why he did not receive what should have been his. And so his ears in Numbers chapter 3 were probably perked up just excited wait to be it's me because I'm in line but there's nothing there there's nothing that tells us why he didn't get it there's nothing that tells us why Moses didn't choose him if there was anything wrong with Korah none of that's there it's just not there no back study can be found that does it but Korah must have got hurt and offended because it shows up chapters later and I told you this, the decisions that you make, Korah linked up with Reuben's descendants. And Reuben's descendants were not people of, of a principle. When you look at his life, you can't just read stuff like that. you got to go back. That's why some of you don't like, and I didn't, genealogies. But genealogies are vital sometimes because it tells you very, very much the history of things when you see, okay, this family came from this family. So all of a sudden you go back to the Reubenites, and the Reubenites are people with no character, no no principle. So, Cora linked up with people that had no principle, no no no. In other words, they didn't care about the word, they didn't care about obedience, they didn't care about none of that. So they were just careless, and that's why it's so important when you're hurt, the decisions you make legit hurt i'm not talking about assumption we dealt with that for weeks and months N- you know I, I i i give you more than that but it's really around 87 and 90 percent of the stuff that we feel like hurt us and offended us was assumptions we don't even have the true story or the real story concerning it all and so 80, 87 I, I went down you know and gave you more around 85 percent That happens to us is assumption. And but the Bible, uh, you know, that's but the Bible here is talking about when you are the 10%, the 12%, the 13 the 15%, that is legit betrayal. Legit hurt. How to handle it? The enemy is after. Why the bitterness? Why the hurt? Because the enemy don't just want us out of the church back that he wants us to settle he wants us to live less than what god has for us he wants us to be spiritual vagabonds he don't want us to be fruitful he don't want us to be dreamers i then took you to ephesians and dealt with you when we know the breadth, the love the depth the height and the length of god's love when my life is founded on the love of god Paul says, I'm praying that you get the revelation of how great He is, how, how His love is in your life, and you stand flat. But one, one, one commentary or translation of that says that everything in my life is rooted and grounded. In the fact, there's a calmness that comes because He loves me. He loves me, and He doesn't allow anything to come into my life Amen. That 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 he 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 won't give me grace to handle it, you know, grace to to withstand it, the strength to withstand it. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that there is no temptation taken us, but such is common to man. But with the temptation, he makes a way of escape. God doesn't put more on you than you can handle, or more on you can than you can bear. But he makes a way of escape. When Paul says he that love, when we see that and understand that, the Holy Spirit is going to flood our lives and overwhelm us because then, you know what we're saying? We trust God. And if God allows things in my life or allows the enemy to use tools and people in my life to, to, to buffet me, we find out that through the story of Joseph that... The Bible says, and I've, I've taught you that, and I hope you've grasped that, that Joseph says, God did this. You, when you get mature enough to understand that everything that's happened to you in every attack, God allowed it to take place. And if he allowed it, then he has a purpose for it. But the decisions you make from that is everything. Your decisions your descendants' decisions, the fruit of your life. Not just you, but it carries on. There's a situation that I pray over continually with a, a certain situation that I pray over and me and my wife pray and we talk concerning me and her. And just this week something happened in 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 in, in, in a child in that situation. And the words that came out of that child, innocent. But the spirit that fights from the adults already coming out of the heart of that child. That child has no reason to have battled or be struggling that way. But yet the struggle's there because of the fruit the head down it's vital the decisions that you make when you're hurt Joseph made decisions that said I don't understand it I can't explain it but I am not going to let this get into my spirit I'm going to be in the ocean, but I'm not going to let the water get in my boat. The boat will not sink no matter how high the water rises as long as the water don't get in the boat. It's okay that the that, that hurt's coming, pain's coming, betrayal's coming, but I can't let it get in me. I am telling you right now, the cost of bitterness will cost you way more than just the pain you feel. The spiritual block that comes from the blessings of God and the favor of God upon your life. Because I'm now focused on that. Most of my life i would be focused on that and I'm centered around that. And whatever my eyes is set to, my vision, I gravitate. The Bible says the eyes are the the, the windows to the soul. The soul, the body moves toward everything in my life, moves toward what I'm focused on. And Joseph realized this, and Joseph said, I can't allow this to happen in my life. And so Joseph says, and two to three different places afterwards to his brothers when they come he, he wants to bless them the bible says that the, here they did all they did but he understands the bigger picture i'm gonna say that i said this a few weeks to you some of you quoted this on facebook some of you were talking about this weeks later that this is so much bigger than you your survival is bigger than you the attack of the enemy is bigger than you he wants your seed Do you understand that? I'm riding down the road Friday. I'm enjoying my children. And I had not got to post it yet, but I want to post one picture video of Cammie from Friday night's volleyball left there to Caden in the exceptional game that he had Friday night. And then at the same time, I get videos from Texas, from Kaylee in a, uh, a women's conference. And the presence of God is moving and then... James and Brandy are celebrating their 8th anniversary and Chase has got it. And I want to post all of that right across. You know how he does those pictures. Amen. Because I understand. But but I'm going to tell you something. The enemy was after way more than me. And when I look back over my life, he didn't want none of this going on. Oh, the different story it could have been. If I had to let myself get bitter. Had I let myself get offended. Had I left myself. Come on somebody. I, I, I looked up into the stands. And even here this morning. And, and Brother Bill and Sister Whitney yesterday. Oh the enemy wanted more than just Bill. More than just Whitney. Are you understanding me? He wanted more than that. He, he wants the seed. That's why. I can't quit dreaming. I cannot quit dreaming. I cannot settle. Because what did I teach you concerning that? When you begin to understand that, that, the fact is not when the enemy gets me out there, but if the enemy can shut me down in my life from seeing the vision. That's the reason why it's so important when we talk to you where there is no vision, the people perish. But he who's focused on the law, amen, uh, happy is that man. Because why? He said he that stays focused on the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the spirit feels his life. He is overjoyed. Why? Because he's focused on the will of God, the plan of God, the work of God. Can you say amen? But when I lose that vision and I don't see that, I lose that dream, that God. That's what I was talking about in Ephesians. After Paul says, you want to know the love of God, I want you to know it. He said, now unto him that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above, supernaturally, more than your wildest dream, more than your highest hopes, uh, this God can do. All of a sudden, the enemy just doesn't want me offended. He wants me, come on somebody, to be distracted He wants me to be disappointed. And he I'm going to tell you, but all of those come. But Jesus said, you are going to live above this. You're going to be in it, but you're not going to be of it. You're going to be, are you with me? You're going to be in this world, but not of this world. You're not going to handle things. It's one thing to face it and go through it. But Jesus said, I didn't just come to make you a survivor. He said, I come to make you an overcomer. I get glory through your life. And all of a sudden, Joseph stands in the greatest maturity and says, God did this. When you can stand and say, God did this. But you're not mad at God. You say, you understand the wisdom because of the love of God that's in your heart. You understand and know that God did this. And I can't explain it. And I don't understand it all. And I want till I get to heaven some things. But the fact is, if God allowed it in the gates of my life, then he's going to use it for his purpose and his glory to bring it to pass in my life. And Joseph said, Brothers, I am not, they were afraid he was going to kill them. But the first time they met and he unveiled himself and said, I'm Joseph. I'm the one you tried to kill. I'm the one you sold. I'm the one that you... I've lived the last uh, 18 to 20 years, 17, 20 years without dad and without the hope of a family. And you, you didn't just take me out of that. You took my children out of that. The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of the home. The blessing of the family. You robbed from me. You took all of that. I'll never get those 20 years back that I could have been at daddy. And, and he could have enjoyed his grandchildren. I'll never get that. He's gone. He's blotted out almost as what they did. And they know, amen, the human natural response is going to be retaliation, it's going to be revenge when Joseph come up out of that pit and he was put into the palace he's no longer Potiphar's house he's no longer the the, the CEO or the executive of Potiphar's house Potiphar's wife who lied on him lied and told that he tried to rape her and, and, and now he spent the last few years back in prison because of her lies now all of a sudden he's the top man that's over Potiphar over Potiphar's wife and you know most humans, when we get that kind of power, would love to take out revenge. But maturity had Joseph at a level and a place where he, he don't even talk about Potiphar's wife. Do you understand that? That one of the greatest lies and portrayals uh, of, uh, 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 that you could place on his life was that he tried to rape her. That, that ain't just, I mean, that ain't just some small accusation. That's a major accusation. But now he's in a power that he could have her hung, he could have her stoned, he could have her burned alive, he could do whatever he wanted to her, amen, and have a legit justification because that's the way that culture was, uh, but not one time does he talk about it not one time do we find it in the scripture not one time we don't talk about that it's not even there we talk about the brothers but we don't talk about that because you want to know why that was not even part of this thing except for getting him in the prison it was God making sure that somebody was in that office uh, to take care of the land that the Egypt amen provide for them but not just for them God's feeding Egypt but he's taken care of his family. He's, he's got Egypt's the one that God's going to use to bless Israel Egypt's the one that God's going to use to bless Jacob which become Israel which become the family and now they're incubated there for 400 years and they grow to a million and a half to three million Jews and there they are God said I'm blessing Egypt I put my man in here I'm telling you right now when God finds a man that he can use Amen. I you go through testings you go through trials but when when God knows he can trust you not to retaliate, when he can trust you not to be revengeful, when he can trust you not to get bitter and see the bigger picture, God says, I know now you are like my nature. I can use you for God so loved the world that he gave, knowing they would reject him, knowing they would murder him, knowing what they would do on that cross. And God still says, I gave. I gave. God is looking for people and churches and families that'll say, I will be that in my life. I will not be bitter. Yes, I'm hurt, but He's a healer of the hurting. He's the, oh, I got a word for you today. He can bring your hurt into a supernatural healing, He can bring your pain into a supernatural healing. You don't have to stay where you are. And when you're healed, hallelujah, God is going to begin to reign in your life things that's overwhelmingly abundant. The Bible said abundantly above and beyond anything. How does that happen, Pastor? I got to make sure not only am I making it through it, but I'm still dreaming. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. Joseph was a dreamer as a young boy, the betrayal didn't stop his dream. Their, their, Their denial didn't stop his dream. Their mocking didn't stop his dreaming. Their lying and selling him didn't stop his dreaming. He's still dreaming. He dreamed in daddy's house he dreamed in the pit he dreamed on the uh, uh, on the drive on the amen to, to Egypt he dreamed when he got to Potiphar's house he dreamed in Potiphar's house he dreamed in the prison and now he's in the palace and he's still dreaming the enemy is after my dreams uh, and if I am the why because God wants you to understand that God's got more than the here and the now and Joseph standing on the other side of it he looks at his brothers and said you did this for evil. You did it for evil, but God did not do it. God allowed it for his purpose and his plan. God had a much bigger picture. I need some people in this house that can look around your life at all the stuff that the enemy wants to get you focused on and say, I am right now Accept the fact people have not failed me. Filial love failed me. Human nature failed me. No matter how much they tried, no matter what they say, amen, are you hearing me? It's not this it's the human nature it's filial love they're broken themselves they're hurting themselves hurting people hurt People. amen now, we got to have somebody to blame it on we got to have excuses for everything in our lives but when you rise up and say you know what nothing comes into my life except by the permission of God Almighty and if he allowed it his love is going to bring me through it and out of it hallelujah Lift your hands all over this house and give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's going to turn my scars that I have in my life into healing for people, the wounds in Jesus' hands. The Bible said he showed them his scars, but not his scars in a victim mentality, not his scars. Amen, and poor pitiful me, but his scars in the fact that it happened, but I overcame. Scars are the trophies. Who said that a while back that come through here? Scars are the trophies, the champions. This is what I came through. This is what the fact that I've got scars mean I overcame. Can you say amen? You were meant to thrive. You were meant to flourish. Joseph says, not only am I forgive you, not only do do, do I know what you did, was was God allowing you to do it because God had a bigger purpose. God wanted me here. Do you see that? Joseph would have not have went there on his own. He would have not have got to the place that he was on his own. But God used circumstances and God used people's brokenness and their failures. To put his man where he needed him to be. And when you get strong enough and mature enough to be able to stand up and say, God this, God is in control. That's what I mean by God did this and God allowed this. And so some of you get hurt, so then all of a sudden your hurt leaves people and goes to God. Well, then why did he allow and why did he do it? That's what you, you got to say. There's a bigger picture to this. What are you teaching me? What are you showing me? Instead of why did it happen, you need to start asking the question, what? What do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to handle this? And the Bible says again, after Jacob, he gets to see his daddy. And his daddy thinks he's dead. But all of a sudden, you know what Pharaoh did when Jacob went, when, when Joseph went down to his daddy's house? He said, Jacob, or he said, Joseph, he said, get all the chariots you can. He got all of them, boy, and they loaded it down. They were going to take care. And all of a sudden, that one preacher preached on the wagon wheels, was circling And coming down the road, Jacob had no clue what was coming with them wagons. But not only is he about to be blessed, but he's about to find out the the son of his love. His his pride and joy is not dead after all these years of thinking he was dead. He's very much alive, and he ain't just not dead. Come on, somebody. He's next to the greatest power known to man of that day, the greatest empire known to man. He is the second in charge. Can you say amen? The Bible said only in the throne was was Joseph not as more powerful, more influential than Pharaoh. In other words, it was only the throne that kept him from being the number one most influential power of that day not only and all of a sudden Jacob finds all this but then what happened Jacob dies and when Jacob dies Joseph amen his brothers now say well daddy dad he's surely going to to try to get us but he reassures them I'm not only going to not not take my revenge I'm not only I'm, I'm not even talking like that it wasn't even in his vocabulary he said I'm going to comfort you I'm going to take care of you I'm going to take care of your children because guess what Judah hallelujah He looks at Judah. Guess what, Judah? Amen. Whether you know it or not yet, the the lineage of Christ is going to come out of your seed. And though you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure that you're fed. I'm going to make sure. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. You're talking about maturity on the other side. I'm not just coming out of it. I'm not just forgiving but by the help and the grace of God uh, I'm going to bless you I'm going to comfort you that's not saying nothing about the people that hurt him it's saying everything about who he was and the decisions he was making but greater than that it's showing the power and the grace of God somebody shout that ain't like me but it's sure like him because there's coming a day that the very people he was given to are going to smite his back one week before the crucifixion or one week before the mark. I Amen. Was the praise? They were praising him, waving palm branches. But a week later, they're putting him on a cross uh, and crucifying him. Uh, God gave his only son. Amen. I yet the world yelled back to God, We could care less. And not only could we care less, we we're going to reject him and despise him, and we're going to put him on the cross. But his blood cries, "I forgive." His sweat cries, "I forgive." His amen. His voice cries, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do." Amen. They know not what they're doing. Do you see this? When you put these picture or these glasses on, it's a story of forgiveness. It's a story of no matter how bad it is and how bad they hurt, and no matter how what they do we go all the way and the greatest triumph they didn't call him the son of God when the blind saw they didn't call him the son of God when the deaf heard they didn't call him the son of God when he resurrected the dead but when he cried father forgive them for they know not what they do the soldier said surely this is the Son of God man can't do that on their own Man can't do that on their own. This is the Son of God. Why? He can forgive being hurt in the middle of the hurt. In the middle of the pain with the blood running down his side and his legs and the pain of the nail in his feet and in his hands. He says forgive. Not when he got on the other side of it. Forgive, hallelujah. Because the resurrection's coming. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah, and I'm going to tell you on that cross, he knew if I can make it through this, what was it that took him through his dream? The dream of redemption. There's going to be a 14-year-old kid on August the 30th, 1989. That's going to kneel down in Elba, Alabama in a little brick church and he's going to call on me and I'm going to set him free. Hallelujah. There's going to be a little seven-year-old boy that's going to kneel down in an altar and get his dream. The enemy wants my dreams. But I got a dream in the middle. Why? Why? Because the enemy wants me not only not to make it. If he can keep me from making it he's did the big picture. But also if he can keep me even though I make it becoming settled, bitter, vagabond. Praise God, not planted, not flourished. Praise God. Hallelujah, that he's got me right where he wants me. He wants me to settle. But when you realize that the most valuable, important, most precious person that ever lived, blood was shed to set you free and to save you, you tell me and explain to me how you could settle for anything less than what God has for your life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I look at my children sometime and they, they're old enough that they do see things and hear things and, and stuff of that sort, but for the most part, 80, 80% of it's kept off of them, off of them. They don't even have a clue. But the fact is, uh, Amen, not only is it kept off of them, but it's never got in their spirit. To, are you hearing me? And they're free to love and they're free. Come on, somebody. Uh, yesterday was in grocery outlet and getting a few things before we went to the house to, amen, to agree to on stuff yesterday and all of a sudden amen, uh, we was coming around the corner and you know you cash registers are there and all of a sudden went to go in this lane, Caden looked and said, no daddy, let's go to her so, and he walked up and said, I'm choosing you, you was smiling, you was the only one smiling, he said, and I just wanted to come to your lane and before it's over him and her done had a time amen, I, I mean she doesn't want to know what his name was she want to know everything about him, amen I'm sitting there going, Lord praise God, where's this come? amen, are you here with me, I want to keep it off my children praise God are you hearing me hallelujah hallelujah oh I feel the Holy Ghost in this house Joseph said I want you to know amen that not only amen praise God am I not letting it get in my spirit but I'm not letting it get in my kids spirit I'm not letting it get into their lives Uh, amen why because I'm going to be gone one of these days uh, and the fruit lives on Uh, are you hearing me I don't want them walking around victims I don't want them walking around uh, with offense and bitterness. Uh, I don't want them to be a carrier. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Aaron was the one they were mad at. Um, They were mad at Moses, Korah, and they were mad at Moses. But it was all over because Aaron got really where Korah should have been. when the plague hit when they were talking bad about Moses. And and, and there was despise and hatred. But you know what? Aaron gets a censer, a prayer in his hands. and they're dying and the plague, the death angel sweeping the people and they're dying by thousands Uh, and Aaron gets a prayer in his hand, that's what that censure was, prayer, and he runs out in the midst of it, and he stands there between them and the plague and the Bible said when Aaron did that, the plague stayed, Aaron got between the people that hated him, the people that despised him and the plague raised the incense of prayer and shut it down oh somebody hear me today if I can get incense in your hand if I can get the incense of prayer if I can get you around this altar and let prayer get in you and you get into prayer everything's going to change somebody say amen today I want you to see this praise God Amen. We're going to look real quick at Joseph. This is what the Bible says Jacob says concerning him. Let's look at Genesis 49, 22. Are y'all with me today? Am I boring y'all? Somebody tell me I ain't 14 again. Amen. Somebody texted me last week and said, you may not be 15, 16, 17, but you're preaching like you're 15, 16, 17. I want you to see Genesis 49, 22? This is Jacob's blessings over his children. Are you with me? Praise God. Let's do this first. Let's back up because I, 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 I got you. You got to see this. Let's look at Genesis 41 first. Because I was just going to show you that, but it's got something in it that you won't understand if you didn't get this first. You ready? <coughs> Verse 50 of 41 Sissy, I'm sorry. Chapter 41, verse 50. You with me? And Joseph was born two sons before the years of the famine, which, as an athlete, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of, um, priest of um, on, on bear unto him two children. Joseph called the name of the firstborn. Manessa, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil in all of my father's house. Look at your neighbor and say there's healing for her. The hurt you've experienced from your home, your family, your 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 childhood. A man can't heal that. If you're a woman, a man can't heal that. If you're a man, a woman can't heal that. Children can't heal that. You know I'm right because some of you have been married for years and you're still talking about it. man can't hear all that. The children can't hear all that. But there is a healing for the hurt. There's a bomb in Gilead. He was wounded from my transgressions. He was bruised from my iniquities. That's that stuff deep inside me. meant the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes is healed. There is a, a remedy and healing. And Joseph said, I'm going to call Manasseh for God hath made me to not only forgive, but forget all my toil and all my father's house. 52, and the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. (laughs) I'm not even out of it. But God has gave me a manasseh. He has caused me to forgive and forget. And he has given me an ephraim. He has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Another translation reads like this. Joseph had two sons born to him. You have this, this. Two sons born to him before the years of famine came. Asnath, daughter of Panipher, the priest of, of On, was their mother. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, say it with me, which means forget. Saying God, ha- God made me forget all my hardships in my parental home. I can promise you, if you elect God, he can heal yours. I want to tell it to the whole world. He can heal your hurt. You don't have to carry it. You don't have to be a spiritual vagabond. He named his second son Ephraim. The word there is not just fruitful, but double portion fruitful. Double prosperity saying, God has prospered me in the land of my sorrow. It's not a healing on the other side of this. It's a healing in the middle of it. It's not a healing when I get the double portion. It's a healing in the middle of it. God is going to give me a double portion. Can you say amen? Another translation says, And Joseph called the firstborn Manasseh. Say this with me. It goes a little deeper and says, Making me to forget. Manasseh making me to forget in other words when I look at Manessa, I forget amen praise God making me to forget God has made me to forget he has made me to forget all my toil and sh- hardships and all my father's house and the second he called Ephraim which means to be fruitful for he said God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction uh, uh, Joseph first Firstborn son, Manasseh, the Lord, has made me forget his second. God has caused me to be fruitful the Lamb. The name Ephraim means fruitful, and certainly God may. Watch this. Who's born first? Manasseh. Forgive and forgetting. Then comes Ephraim, the fruitfulness and the double portion. you got to understand this. I know it hurts. I know the intent, but the healing can't take place in double portion without Manasseh being birthed in your life spiritually. He hath caused me to forgive and to forget. It doesn't mean I forget what they did, it doesn't mean I forget the situation and circumstances, I forget what they said. It just means uh, the sting, the pain. The bitterness of it all is not there. I'm telling you, the scar doesn't. uh, The scar's there. It doesn't take away. Come on, somebody. The scars on my body that I have—some you can see, some you can't see. Amen. And and, and unless she was an intimate part of my life, my wife would be the only one that could see those scars. But there's scars. We have scars on our bodies that nobody sees but our companion. But I'm going to tell you something. They're still there. But but guess what? The pain ain't there no more. (laughs) The scars there. I see it but the pain ain't there. The sting ain't there. Praise God. Is anybody hearing me? I've only got one scar that's numb and it's right here and it's numb. Amen. Just on the spot where it's at I can put, if you touch it, if I touch it I can, I can feel it because of my finger. Amen. Nerves ending but the nerve endings were cut right there and I cannot feel that little scar part but I'm going to tell you something the pain ain't there. The scars there to. You will always remember and every time I go to put my sock on and see that scar there I forget about it until I see it oh I feel the whole there is healing God help me preach this today there is good I mean spiritual powerful great precious treasuring healing healing I don't want to be a spiritual vagabond. I want to be fruitful. Double portion. But Manessa's born, then Ephraim double portion. Lift your hand and say, Lord, I need a Manessa. I'm going to tell you something. Manessa ain't born in an hour. There's a, con- There's a conception of Manessa. There's the embryo of Manessa. There's the nine months of growth. There's the nine months of forming. There's the nine months of kicking, moving. Nurturing <laughs> connected to you, feeding Brandy just had the ultrasound where it shows sailors trying to start to bring there's bubbles in in, in the womb <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I didn't know all of that stuff, but Brandy just breaks it down and she sends stuff. Amen. The baby's doing this, the baby's doing that. I'm gonna tell you, Manessa ain't born overnight, but there's the conception of Manessa. There's the carrying of Manessa. For nine months as a carrying of Manessa. But I am telling you, when Manessa cries, praise God. Amen. Forget. Forgive. In other words, it ain't gonna happen overnight. And yours may be born in three weeks. Uh, it may be three Three months, uh, but nursing that Manessa, nursing that forgiveness, my God, I'm preaching to you. This wasn't in none of my notes, uh, and I ain't preached none of it in 34 years, but I am telling you, Manessa, amen, is carried for nine months uh, and then the birthing. And I'm gonna tell you, Amen. Are you hearing me? Whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. The pain wasn't in the conception. The pain, but as it grew, the more pain, the more that baby kicks, the more that baby pushes, the more that baby's swelling, and the pain inside you is Manessa is growing bigger than what you are. And when it gets too big to stay in the womb, it's coming forth from the birth canal into your life, and you will feel like you're dying. But whisper, I'm not dying. I'm birthing Manasseh. I'm birthing forgiveness. I'm birthing forget. You may have a spiritual conception in this house and the Spirit of God fall on you and touch you. That's the conception. But you're going to carry that forgiveness for nine months uh, or three, whatever yours is. uh, So, what it deems fit, it ain't got to be a nine month period. But what I'm saying, there's a period of carrying it. uh, And then there's the period you're going to birth it. uh, But guess what? Uh, Manessa ain't the only one coming to you. Once you birth Vanessa, somebody shout, Ephraim's on the way. Ephraim's on the way. Ephraim's on the way. If I can forgive, if I can let the Lord help me forget, forget, and forget my household, my parental home. That's not meaning forget them as far as people, but forgetting what I went through, forgetting what I didn't get, forgetting the pain of it. I've got an Ephraim. (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah, lift your hands all over this house and say I'm not going to blame and excuse my life anymore when there's a spiritual healing called Manessa and Ephraim that can come to my life Hallelujah. I didn't just survive my childhood, but I've got a Manessa running around the house. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. And every time Manessa runs through the living room, (laughs) every time Ephraim comes running from outside, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about them little things run through there to make you forget everything I come off that field yesterday and it's over and we stand standing on the sideline the other team took over they were playing their game and all of a sudden that little three year old that has our heart wrapped in ten thousand pieces at any moment any given time he come running out there and all of a sudden, he got away from us. We, couldn't, we didn't see him. Where'd he go? We looked over there, and there's a, there's a peewee football team, the older boys, standing on the sideline cheering their team on. I look over there, and he's standing right between two of them with his arms like this, like they are, just looking up at them. I said, come here, boy. He said, Daddy, I play football. I said, yes, sir, baby. He, he said, I win. Come on, somebody. Make you forget all your troubles. About the time the running back went down the sideline, he went running this way. I said, come here. We had to go chase him. He's going to run to the end zone. And I said, I grabbed him. He said, Daddy, I win. I said, yeah, you win, baby. You win every day. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Manessa runs. I remember. I have forgiven. I have forgot. And there may be days that you feel the pain and the heartache and the remembrance. But when Nessa comes running through the house, I forgive. CJ's getting ready to come. I gotta close. Once you look at this, Genesis 49, 22 and 27. (laughs) Joseph is a fruitful bow. Since we go ahead and read it in, in our commentary, because it's the sake of time. Y'all ready for me? Jacob's blessing, Joseph. Y'all, I wish y'all could hear me. Because what's fessin' to happen here? Is there two tribes. There's going to be 12 tribes. The other 10 are the sons of Jacob. But not only are you coming out, Joseph. <laughs> if you can make it through. If you can forgive. Forget. Your children, Manasseh and Ephraim, Joseph, are going to be adopted and grandfathered in to the blessing. Not only are you not going to lose your blessing, Jacob, Joseph, but God says, I'm going to give you two heads of the tribes of Israel. Where your brothership should be. Manasseh and Ephraim becomes the other two tribes. From here on out. They're part of the tribes when they go into the land of Canaan. The twelve stones. They're in Revelations. Two sons of Ephraim. Two sons of Joseph. Become two heads of the tribes of Israel. Each a tribe. God said, "If you can make it, but God couldn't bring Joseph out if he still had bitterness and offense, because he would have revenged, and he would have killed Judah. He'd have killed praise. I'd use Judah, not because single him out, but just saying, if he had took revenge, and it'd have been a mess. God'll leave you in it until you can forgive." Get it. Pull you out. Everybody read with me. This is Jacob's blessing over Joseph. Joseph. Everybody say it with me. Just say this is what I want. It's a fruitful bow. In other words, a fruitful branch. A f- fruitful vine. Look what it says. Joseph is a fruitful bow. A fruitful bow by a well, Spring. Or fountain. Whose branches... Run over the wall. Skilled archers have bitterly attacked and sorely worried worried him. They have shot at him and persecuted him, but his bow remained. Shout Amen. But his bow remained strong and steady, and rested in the strength that does not fail Him. Woo! Are you all with me? Come on, read it with me. This is what God wants to do in your life. This is the healing from the hurt. But His bow remains strong and steady and rested in strength that does not fail Him. Not your strength. That's not your motivation. Motivation. When you hear those champions win championships, they go, for all the haters out there, I just want to shut it off. You ain't healed. You ain't healed. You still want to talk to the people that hurt. You ain't healed. But by the grace of God, I'm here. Praise God. I don't want to talk about it. Amen. I'm not giving them credit. Amen. For where I'm at. Amen, for all those that didn't believe in me. Praise God. Hallelujah, I understand that concept. It pushed me, it drove me, it was the fuel in my veins. But God is not here for me to be some motivational speaker. God is here to say, not only did I make it through it, not only am I standing on top of it, but I have a Manessa and an Ephraim in my life. That I'm more focused on the Manessa and the Ephraim than I am the haters Say it with me, but his bow remains strong because you're not strong and steady and rested in your strength, but in the strength that does not fail him. For the arms of his hands were made strong and active by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob and by the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. By the God, amen, of your Father who will help you And by the Almighty who will bless you with blessings of the heavens above. Blessings lying in the deep beneath. Blessings of the breast and blessings of the womb. Amen. The blessings of of your father on you are greater than the blessings of my forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and on me. Jacob says, son, you're not only blessed. You're blessed greater than our forefathers. You're blessed greater than Abraham. You're blessed greater than Isaac. And you're blessed greater than me. And are as lasting as the bounties of the eternal hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was consecrated. The consecrated one and the one Separated from his brethren and the one who is the prince among them. Hallelujah. <laughs> you may say, man. No, the commentary says like this: Joseph is a wild donkey. Is that modern translation? Joseph is a wild donkey. A wild donkey by a spring spirited donkeys on the hill not donkey in a bad way but donkey in a way that says stubborn he didn't let it he was stubborn to the to the junk he was stubborn to the betrayer. he was stubborn to I have to the archers with malice attacked shooting their hate tipped arrows but he held steady under fire his bow firm his arms limber with the backing of the champion of jacob The shepherd, the rock of Israel. Can somebody say, Amen? The God of your Father, may He help you. And may the strong God, may He give you His blessings. Blessings tumbling out of the skies, blessings bursting up from the earth, blessings of breast and womb. May the blessing of your Father exceed the blessings of the ancient mountains, surpass the delights of the eternal hills. May they rest on the head of Joseph and on the bow of the one consecrated among his brothers. Can you say amen this morning? Somebody say. Let's, let's check Psalms 92 as I close for you to go home on. Here's the issue with bitterness and hurt. It makes you non-trusting. You're constantly looking for something. And this is what it robs you of right here. You can't find it in friends. You can't find it in marriage. You're constantly looking. Won't you say this word with me? You ready? This is what it robs you of. You ready? Planted. Say it with me. Planted. You know what? I wish I had a thought about this. I just hit me. I'm, I'm going to use this in my preaching when I preach this somewhere else. I'm going to get me a, a tree with the roots and all. And I'm going to take, I'm like a little, little plant with some bushes, like with the roots. I'd like, if I had it in my hand, I'd just have it, roots and all. I'd come put it on Austin. Let the roots just hang on his shoulder. I'm going to tape it to him. Roots, tree and all, plant. Tape it to him. Is it going to grow? It can't grow, can it? I'm going to take it off Austin. I'm going to put it on Blake. My bestie. Oh, put it on your head. He said, I'd grow hair <laughs> just put it there and tape it up there them roots can't take into him put it on my wife I ain't gonna get nothing out of it it'll be dead in three days cause it ain't got nothing put it on, on my babies I ain't gonna get nothing out of it you know why they ain't the source, but I can take it and put it in the ground. Everybody says we're planted. Psalms 92 and 13, are we there yet, Sissy? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Of our God. That's why He wants you hurt and offended, so you'll yank your roots up and move it. But everybody say the blessings in the planting, the flourishing's in the planting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you understand? It ain't them. He just wants you not to trust people. He just wants you hurt and offended, so you constantly are searching for everything. But they notice that those who flourish are planted in the house of the Lord. What happens to a plant if you transplant? every three weeks every three months every year most of you know that its root system will diminish and it will not blossom or prosper if you keep transplanting it the plant will die of shock many people go from church to church ministry team to ministry team trying don't you get mad at me Amen. Praise God. It's one of these sections. Amen. And one of these resources that I have, if you keep transplanting it, the plant will die. shop. Many people go from church to church, ministry team to ministry team, trying to develop ministry. If God puts them in a place where they are not recognized, encouraged, they are easily offended. If they don't agree with what the way something is done, they are offended and they go. Then they leave, blaming. Amen. Excusing. They to everything. They are blind to any of their own character flaws and do not realize God wanted to. Re- find them and mature them through the pressure of being under people it's iron sharpening iron guess what he says I'm going to plant you so that your flaws and my flaws can bounce off each other and when my flaws hit your flaws And we fix it instead of unplanting ourselves. We grow. When my weakness hits your weakness, we grow. When I forgive you and you forgive me, we grow. Let's learn from the example God gives from planting trees. When a fruit tree is, is put in the ground, it has to face rainstorms, it has to face the hot sun, it has to face the wind. And if a young tree could talk, it might say, please get me out of here. Please get me out of here. Put me in a place where there's where where I, where, I, where, I, where there's swelter, no sweltering heat. Put me in a place where there's no storms. Put me in a a place where there's no wind. Put me in a place where it's not cold. Put me in a place where I'm loved. Put me in a place here. If the gardener listens to that tree, he would actually harm it. Trees endure the hot sun, the rainstorms, the cold, the conditions on the outside by sending their root system deeper. The adversity they face is eventually the source of their great stability. I make it because I'm planted. The harshness of the elements surrounding them causes them to seek another source of life. They will one day come to the place that even the greatest windstorms cannot affect their ability to produce fruit. Somebody shout amen. Psalms 1, 1 through 2. We'll go fast right here on this one. I'm done. Blessed is the man. Whose delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. Psalms 119, 165, sis. Psalms 119, 165. Somebody shout, Amen. He gave us more insight to the people who love God's word. I'm going to forgive because that's what God's word tells me. I'm planning, I'm planning, I'm planning. You ready for this one? 119, 165. Here it comes. Great peace. 119 and 165 says. Great peace have they which love for which love or delight in thy law. And nothing shall offend them. That's why planting gets you. Amen. Psalms one and three says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, of the sprint that brings forth its fruit in the season whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Once you leave the place and you planted that you planted and you can't grow, your root system begins to dwarf. The next time it will be easier for you to flee from adversity because you have been careful not to root yourself deeply. Folks, y'all know what I'm preaching to you is right. It's in the school system. It's everywhere we go. Dwarf root systems, and we just go from people to people, from things to things. You end up becoming to the place where you have little or no strength to endure hardship or persecution. And here's my last statement you then become a spiritual vagabond I want y'all to hear this wandering from place to place suspicious not meaning place to place as far as churches and buildings that is true too but I'm not meaning that today from place to place and you know people to people situations to situations suspicious and afraid that others will mistreat you crippled and hindered in your ability this is a hard paragraph in the bait of Satan crippled and hindered in your ability to produce true spiritual fruit you struggle in a self-centered life only eating the remains of the fruit of others you have no fruit of your own somebody lift your hands all over this house I don't want that much. I want Manessa. I want Ephraim. Let's stand all over this building. God's talking to you this morning. Let's stand. I'm 10 minutes over. Be a spiritual vagabond. I want to be a Joseph. I want Ephraim and Manasseh. God's speaking to you this morning. You say, "I, I, I, I want to conceive a Manessa in my life, Pastor. I want to conceive a Manessa. I, I want to conceive an Ephraim." You say, "I'm ready." I want to be planted. I want to be a... I'm on this in our discipleship class on Wednesday. I didn't get to it this week. But man, it blew my mind. I hollered in my office Wednesday night. And Sissy and Jesse was in hers. I thought they were going to think I lost my mind. but I got so happy. Dealing with fruit and that discipleship. Discipleship's producing who you are and what you are. The fruit. Man, it's powerful stuff I got into there. But here's my intentions. <laughs> you cannot bear fruit. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that does not stay in me cannot bear fruit, but if you who stay with me, I'm going to prune you and cut you back, but you're going to bear fruit, and you're going to bring forth more fruit, much more fruit. I got six natural fruit hanging on my branches. About 200 and something more between here, between us and over there. I hope I have some of y'all, some some, some of y'all, some of that fruit. But when you wheel me up here, or wherever y'all wheel me to when it's over, I hope that some of you fall off this branch. And you ain't got, watch this. The seeds in that apple ain't just one seed, but there's hundred or multiple seeds, not an apple, but you know what I'm saying. It's not just a seed. There's a whole orchard. I'm planted through the storm and the rains. I've been planted so my life can drop fruit in its time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lift your hands toward heaven and say, thank you for your word. We're going to pray with Mary. You ready? We're going to pray Mary's prayer. After the angel said, you shall conceive and bring forth the son. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. When you're planted, you say, Lord, whatever's in that word, bring it out of me. Let's start coming all over this building standing.